Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, baby. Time to settle down. Settle down. And listen to the soothing sound. Oh yeah. Oh, because this. Oh my god, this. Oh yeah, this. Oh yeah, this. Is on a roll. Hello and welcome back to On a Roll, <laughs> where we take an unhealthy obsession in an actor's filmography. <laughs> My name is Tom, and joining me as ever is... It's Emma. Hello. I can't do the voice you're doing. Sorry. I don't know what voice I was doing. I, welcome I just back to On a Roll. Hello, and welcome back to On a Roll. This week we'll be um, doing some some lovely housewife chores with the lovely Emma. She'll be taking us through our daily routine. I don't know how I became like a fucking 1950s announcer there. Did you just say housewife chores? Bold of you to yeah, assume what, I do my chores. What I was doing in my head, what I was doing in my head was we were like a 1950s like radio station. Ah. That was the bit that I was doing. Ah. And like obviously playing into the stereotypes of the it, i mean it wasn't a funny bit to begin with mm. but if anything it's got it's got less funny mm. in the explanation of it yeah um, yeah i mean but you know sometimes you've just got to explain these things and you know yeah i would i think that if i was my age now in the 1950s i would die single because i would be a terrible 1950s housewife I well, don't clean and I don't cook. Um, I'm useless as far as that goes. Sorry, I thought you were talking like like a caveman or someone who is simple. Then um, I've done a clean. I've done a clean and me, I've done me, a cook. Me, me do a clean. Me do a clean now. Me clean. You watch. <laughs> me woman. You me Tarzan. Me you woman. Jane. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would uh, die alone for sure. Well, like most people my age. Um, I'm 26. <laughs> you got me again. Uh, you got me. It's just non-stop banter. I Tom's think this been, is a, um, getting me with his riddles this morning. My riddles. Well, I can tell you them again now, and you can act like you know the answers. Okay. Well, do you know what, Tom? I've probably forgotten because I have ADHD and my short-term memory is terrible. So, okay. tell the lovely people your riddles. Uh, my riddles are um. The man who makes it doesn't want it. The man who buys it doesn't need it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the man who uses it doesn't know that he's using it. What am I describing? So I had to ask to hear this again and I still didn't know. Um, but I've remembered the answer. What is it? It's a coffin. Yeah. Wow. wow. So cool. Clever. Wow. Do you get these out of like some sort of joke book or like a, a riddle? No, I'm just really sad. <laughs> I'm just a fucking loser. I, I look them up or I, I like read them. 
Um, I didn't cool. I didn't tell you this one before oh, we recorded, okay. so here's one for you to answer live on air. Oh, God. Um, the pressure. What, what breaks the moment you use its name? What breaks the moment you use its name? Yeah. How do you use a name? Okay, what breaks the moment you say its name? I don't know. Silence. Ah. Oh. Very clever and very cool. Wow. Wow. I'm so cool. You are so cool, Tom. You are so, so cool. cool. <laughs> I don't know any yeah. riddles. I mean... I like things to be straightforward. <laughs> where was the first potato found? In the ground? Yeah! Oh, was that like an anti-riddle? That's just like a trick question. Oh. Well, no, because I asked that someone earlier at work, and they were like, <laughs> Ireland? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. Maybe it was the ground in Ireland. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, well, for anyone who's listening for the first time, shall we explain what... <laughs> This podcast actually about it. It isn't, in fact, the Riddle podcast. Yeah, no, it's not about riddles or potatoes. Although I think I do say "Riddle me this" a lot. So you do, you do say "Riddle me this" a hell of a lot, both on pod and off pod. Um, you're a riddle kind of guy. I'm gonna call you the Riddler from now on. Wow. You may have to call do an me evil laugh. Ed- Edward Nigma. Because that's his, that's his name. Edward Nigma. Yeah, the Riddler's name in the comics is Edward Nigma. Or I had no e- idea. Nigma. Wow. I didn't know that. I did not know. Damn. Wow. Well, there's a deep cut for you. <laughs> wow. We are coming in with some home <laughs> truths today. So, yeah, this podcast isn't about riddles or Batman or anything of the sort. Well, it could be about Batman. Batman the Batman. Um yeah, it's a movie podcast, so not far off, and it is a podcast in which Tom and I, me and Tom, go through one given actor's filmography at a time each season. So season one was all about Robert Pattinson, who will in fact be the Batman very soon. Um, season two is all about Ryan Gosling, and season three is about Zoe Saldana. So yeah, some Batman is on the way. Uh, riddle me this. Yeah. Na 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 na. Batman. And also, it the the villain in Robert Pattinson's Batman is the Riddler. So. Riddle me this. Three Riddle Nigma. me this. Three Nigma. Um, so this week we have watched three films, I Kill Giants, Live by Night, and yes. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians. Guardians. Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. These <laughs> goddamn Guardians. York. Not set in New York. Um, it could be. You don't know. There's a there's a brief bit of scenes that happen on um on Earth. They could be in New York. They look like they're out in the sticks somewhere though, so probably not. And if anything, I think it's you see Peter Quill's family and I think he's from Missouri, so I don't know a lot about um American geography. Missouri. But I don't think New York is near Missouri. Um should we kick off with I Kill Giants, just because that's the one I've got my first notes about. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Do you want to explain what this film's about? Yes, Or what I you do. thought it was about? Um, so, yeah, upon approaching this film, I mean, if you guys listening have seen the cover, um, or if you haven't, it's a very fantastical film cover, little girl with, like, bunny ears and a big, like, Warhammer 
um, looking at a giant, basically. It's very like, I don't know, Zathura. Like, it looks like it's going to be a bit of a fantasy romp. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't, but it was. It's about a little girl who's a bit of a... Um, outcast i think she's like in school she's like 14 15 bit of an outcast her brothers are assholes she's a bit of a dick as well actually um she kind of cusses everyone out has trouble making friends she's a bit of a nerd so she plays a lot of D D. and um her sister seems to be looking after the family her older sister not really sure where the parents are and anyway this girl has a fixation with some fantastical giants who she thinks are coming to attack her hometown and she's taken it upon herself to protect her town from the giants um so yeah you kind of think it's going to be a bit of a potentially where the wild things are where there's yeah big giants and it's just maybe going to be fun but it turned out to be quite the emotional roller coaster i must say yeah um, so we can get into it um, a bit more as we chat, but damn! If you ha- if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's on Netflix, so go and watch it. Yeah, it is. Um, very it's only good. short as well, so like yeah, it's like an hour know, and a half. <laughs> I would say it's an easy watch. It's not maybe towards the end, not an easy watch, but um, yeah. To punch. begin with, I was getting um, Moon of the Vampire vibes mm. <laughs> from it because mm. like. You you keep seeing things like she only sees the giants and shit when she's alone. Yeah. Um, so I was like, are they in a are they in a mind? Are they real? I don't know. I mean, it quickly became apparent that they probably were just in her mind. Yeah. Um, and like, and as you hinted at, her parents are conspicuously absent. Yeah, it's very at the forefront from the start of the film. Her sister's clearly overwhelmed trying to look after her younger siblings, but, but she, you never know where the, her parents are. I assume she, they were dead. She said something at the beginning, like, because she's cooking, and then the brother and the main girl are like, what are you making? And she's made something, and she she says something like... She makes some, like, vegan m- food. <laughs> Mum's making some vegan thing later or something. Mm, yeah. And then, and then the parents just aren't seen, and I was like, "Where are the parents?" Yeah. And then, yeah, it becomes like it's one of those one of where them. it's an allegory, yeah, or you know, it's a coping mechanism, it's a metaphor. Yeah. I think there's um that film called A Monster Calls. I think yeah. I haven't seen that, but I think I believe that's a similar, I a similar oeuvre. Yeah. I I of, actually um, tweeted about this film because I enjoyed it so much, and I had a couple of people recommend it in A Monster Calls um because it's similar and people saying it's better but i just find it hard to believe because i kill giants was so good <laughs> this this had i from what i've seen of a monster calls that's a bit higher budget maybe well it has sigourney weaver in it so enough said yeah. we all know how i feel about s weave um, whereas this felt a bit more indie in it places did. like it was shot very nicely and it clearly had a budget oh it was beautiful yeah like it just felt it was one of the is just took its time do you know mm. what I mean? And oh, the locations. I just love to, I would love to live there. Do you know Wherever what? the fuck they live. This is something I noted actually. And I don't know if I'm talking at my ass here. I probably am. It's not unheard of for me to chat bullshit on this podcast. But I feel as though you don't often see American seaside towns that much in mm. films. It's often a city or New York or California, you don't very often see... I'm not talking about the beach in California. I'm talking like a proper seaside town. Like this almost felt a bit British. Um, and I quite yeah. liked that. I quite liked well, I th- it. I think it was possibly... Parts of it were possibly shot 
in more Nordic regions as well. Um, yeah, it um, felt but it a is, bit maybe it Iceland. Is filling, it, is, it is filling in for America. I'm not entirely sure where in America it's supposed to be. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. You don't oft see it. No. You maybe see like um, more like country towns. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking yes. of like a, a Smallville. Yeah, you know, exactly. Where you're a country boy. Yeah, whereas this, yeah. But yeah, you don't see like a quiet little quaint fishing town. No, and I really you? enjoyed that. It was like a, a really fresh setting, I thought, for a film like this. Um, and obviously it becomes important towards the end of the film because there's like a water giant that comes out of the sea and it's very dramatic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's like you said, the locations are gorgeous, really nice. But she she gets a new friend, doesn't she? And she like befriends her, and there's a bit yeah, of was it like going on. Or Sophia from Leeds, who couldn't sound who doesn't less sound like, like she's Leeds. from Leeds. She's like, yeah. oh hello, I've moved from Leeds, England. She maybe sounds slightly northern, <laughs> like but you it's did not, not move from Leeds. <laughs> she's not from bloody Leeds, love. I'm gonna you know find out I mean? where the actress is actually from because I thought no, no. Tell no, you no, what, no. Um, my radar pinged with that kid. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you know, because I got put on the register. And, um, <laughs> sorry, I just realised how I phrased it. Oh, um, my days. I'm not on the, I'm not on the register. I'm not a paedophile. Not anymore. Never He's been, dropped off. Never will be. Oh. Um, but. Oh my God, that girl is from Leeds. I am shocked. Shook. Shook it. It's because she went to drama school. You're all posh. Yeah. But anyway. she was in, uh, she was in Doctor Who. Oh, nice. I was like, I recognise this girl from somewhere and she was in Doctor Who. She I recognised um, the main actress who plays Barbara. She's in The Conjuring. Um, I didn't think you'd have probably seen it, but she's very good in The Conjuring. Which, look. what, the the main girl? Um, The main girl in The Conjuring 2, which is set in England. The um, main little girl? Yeah. So it's all right, because the sister, the older sister, I recognised her and she's the main one in That Black Christmas she is, because she has the dodgy fringe in that too. Yeah. Because we went to see that, didn't we? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, what do you bloody know? So, yeah, Barbara makes a friend, um, Sophia from Leeds. Um, and I'm not sure why Sophia from Leeds really wants to be friends with Barbara, because as sweet as she is, she is a bit of a dick, and she just clearly doesn't want to be friends with anyone because she's going yeah, through Yeah, but she's not shit. got any other friends, has she? You know what I no. mean? No. So Sophia's Sophia. just like, yeah, right, we'll we'll go in the woods together and hang out. All good. And then Zoe Saldana obviously gets involved because mm-hmm. she's she's that's the reason we're here. She's the um <laughs> she's the school counsellor and she yeah. like tries to counsel Barbara. Yeah, she's really uh, but sweet, she's not Zoe's much character. Of it. But basically the long and short of it is this is all a metaphor for her mm-hmm. coming to terms with her mother is terminally ill. <gasps> Sad. Um, and I don't really understand how the full metaphor works. Like, <laughs> but basically, she had like an obsession with her, or her and her mum have an obsession with baseball. Mm-hmm. And the team that they support—I don't know baseball teams. But their biggest rival is the Giants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain baseball player that played for their team that. Like it was the last time they beat the Giants or something, Kobe and that's Lusty. what her that's what her weapon is named after. Yeah, because um, he's the Giant Slayer. Yeah, and then yeah, she kill she manages to kill a a giant that's stalking her town, 
but then a titan comes out of the sea and is basically like you you can't beat death because she basically mm-hmm. thinks that if she saves if she kills the giants then she'll save her mom and he's yeah. like no you, some things you just can't you need to learn to come to terms with and she yeah. comes to terms with it and she goes to see her mom because she won't even like go see her mom or talk to her mom or talk about no, her, her mom. mom's like and every upstairs time it's- in the house um and there's a point where sophia takes barbara back home because she's like had her ass beat by a bully and she takes barbara upstairs and barbara's like why the hell are we upstairs i don't want to be up here but you don't know yeah. why and it turns out that's because that's where her mom's like in bed dying well, and, and every time someone starts to talk to her about her mother or brings it up like all the sound like fades out or goes yeah. muffled and you can't hear what they're saying yeah because i i think we were talking about this i was under the impression that her parents were already dead mm, me too but then it's revealed that yeah she's not dead but and yeah. it, it becomes pretty clear throughout the film that there's obviously something going on with the parents but yeah. Then, yeah she goes and sees her mom and um then her mom dies. Oh, it's God. a lot. And then she goes to the funeral and she's she puts made her peace little with it. um she puts her little weapon that she's been using to kill the giants in like on top of her mom's coffin to go in the ground. Um and yeah, that giant at the end says like to run from death is to like reject life and you have to find joy yeah, it's in just a part every of life moment and- while you can and um yeah i guess the giants are like maybe her her way of viewing like the illness trying to come for her mom mm. and she thought if i can kill the giants then i'll save my mom but I the reality the is illness. the reality is that's not the case i lost it when she gets into bed with her mom and they're crying that's when i lost it and then i didn't stop crying until the end of the film <laughs> i was like this is too much the bit that got me was like because she she like goes and sees her mom and it's sad because they're in bed and they're crying and you're like, oh, fuck, her mum's dying. Jesus Christ. And mm-hmm. then, um, but then like time moves on a bit and she goes back to school for the next year and she's like changed the way she dresses and she's clearly become better friends with Sophia or whatever and mm. they're having a good time and she's like, oh, what did you do over the summer, Barbara? And she's like, oh, not much, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they like, have a laugh and a joke. Mom. And then fucking Zoe Saldana comes in and she's like, not now. Is it now? And she's like, "Yeah, it's now. Your mom's fucking dying." But like, you can Jesus tell that, Christ. like, it means so much that she actually, like, made the time to spend with her mom while she mm. was dying, and like, it almost helped her come to terms with the fact she was gonna die in yeah. the end, rather than just like pretending it wasn't happening and then realizing she spent the last six months of her mom's life just pretending that she wasn't dying. Yeah, it was just a lot. I thought oh, it was gonna be like a cute God. little kids film. <laughs> Well, yeah, I didn't, I I thought there must be something about it, like, because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a a big film, mm-hmm. like, I hadn't heard of it before, but Zoe was in it, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I just had a feeling that there was going to be something, there was going to be something, something going on about it. I thought it, if it was like a blockbuster, fun, rompy, let's kill giants type affair, mm. I feel like it would have made more of a splash in pop yeah. culture do you know what i mean no you're very right um it definitely feels like a bit of a cult classic to me yeah like an instant classic for me anyway um, I, I thought it was brilliant interestingly it is based on a graphic novel hmm. uh, of the same name Ooh. so this is the third comic book adaptation that zoe saldana has appeared in she's mad the other for two it being the losers and obviously guardians of the galaxy but yeah, I thought that's quite interesting. So that might be worth a read. 
Because yeah, I feel like that I'm... would probably bring in a few more fantasy elements. Yeah, I'm interested to see a bit more of the actual giants, um, even though they're not real. But um, yeah. yeah. Do you know what's funny? Um, when you Google I kill giants, it says people also ask, what is the point of I Kill Giants? I is saw I this Kill earlier. Giants a metaphor? Is I Kill Giants a good movie? <laughs> uh, yeah, I saw this earlier when I was like trying to find trivia. It was like, yeah, is it a good movie? What is the, the point of it? Watch it. Like, Jesus, uh, it's only an hour and a half. <laughs> it was good. Um, and then the only other bit of trivia that I've got is that Halle Berry was considered for the part of Mrs. Molly, hmm. uh, which is Zoe Saldana's part, but she wasn't considered bankable enough to star in the film and then Sorry, this is a bit Halle of Berry not bankable not this sure is about um that. this is a bit of honor roll trivia which is interesting to do with this we nearly went with Halle Berry for this series we did wow so it's come full circle wow ain't it funny how life works we out, wouldn't have huh? ended up watching this film had we done that but she was nearly in this film I think um, Halle Berry would have done a good job too, but I really liked Zoe um, yeah. in that role. I thought she was awesome. Right, shall we give this a ranking then? I think that we should. Would you like to explain our rating system, Thomas? Let me just enter my spiel in my spiel brain. Spiel mode right. activated. If you've never listened to this podcast before, then our rating system is based on our actor's <laughs> name. When we did Robert Pattinson, it was a pat on the back or a shat on the back. When we did Ryan the Goosey Gosling, it was a Lucy Goosey or a Juicy Goosey. And with Zoe Saldana, it is a Zoe Saldana or a Zoe Saldana or let's a Goey Saldana or Noe Saldana. And if it is just mediocre, it's a Zoe. There's lots of opportunities and lots of things that you can choose from with Zoe. Emma, what did you think? Holy shit, you're getting so pro I at that. I Kill Giants. So pro. Um, I think that I Kill Giants is a um, Zoe Saldana. Yes. I think, Personally. if I may, if I may, it's a Zoe Saldana. Because it's so sad. Oh, wow. Yeah, you're right. You sound like Waluigi. Love that. Yeah, that, I did sort of lean into that a little bit. Waluigi. We all know that he is the best Mario character. Um, Tom's and... obsession with Waluigi will never fail to fox me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. He's got a real affinity for the guy. Uh, I will always play as him in Mario Kart. Um, Waluigi. But also, like, I feel like this is getting completely off topic now. But I feel like so with Mario, um, he gets obviously a lot of credit, but also he has his detractors because he detracts from Luigi's fame. And there is like a cult following, I think, ever growing um, for you know justice for Luigi, get him his own games and stuff. And you saw that come together in a culmination when it was a few years ago when they like released new Luigi Brothers. Wii or whatever mm. and they released his own versions of games and things mm. and you know he you can play him as a playable character in a lot of mario games and things like yeah. this and then you've got wario which is the evil version of mario and yeah. he gets his own games you know like WarioWare and stuff like this yeah and it, and he has his fans and then it gets to waluigi and there's just no love for the guy and if no. there is at best it's like ironic but you're not ironic you you genuinely I don't... love him <laughs> I don't think that I am, no. 
Huh. Um, it feels like I should be, but I do like I do like Waluigi. I just don't um, get it. And that's just but, a funny guy. Uh, you do you do raise a good point though. Like, why don't people like him specifically? Like, I don't know what it mm. is. He he just gives me the ick. Uh, he would be on the register. If I it, mean, he he. You know. do, I will I will concede. He gives off the pedo vibes. He does. I wouldn't. Li- I wouldn't um, let him look after my kids. But you know, kids. I think I think um, Nintendo actually got into trouble, into hot water, if I may, um, over Waluigi. Waluigi. Yeah, Why? because I think something about him being like a Jewish stereotype. I forget Ooh. what it was, but yeah. Oh, um, awkward. That's ringing some bells as I'm talking about it. I don't. I haven't read up on the situation enough to comment on it. But, well, I um, don't love that, but yeah. Wow. But then. I mean, if we're really talking about much maligned um, Mario characters, which we currently are, um, I feel that we can't be remiss in not mentioning um, Birdo, which is what you would think is the female version of Yoshi. Yoshi! But, um... <laughs> Ow! 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 No. Um, it's the pink Yoshi, right? With the bow in his hair. Is it? Yeah. Do you oh. know Birdo? Yeah, I know Birdo, but I didn't think it was the like female Yoshi because of the like big blowjob face. Well, <laughs> anyway, he's male. And yeah. well, Birdo's male? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're, if you could see Emma's face, this is what I'm talking about. There's so, mu- there's so many layers to Birdo. I mean, go Birdo for, you know, like dismantling stereotypes, but also... Really? Yeah. I mean, wow. There's so there's so much you. lore to Mario. I'm but, fairly confident in saying that Birdo is male. I'm going to Google it now. Pink eyelashes, bow, ring, and a big blowjob face. I mean, could be could be male. I'm on Wikipedia. Um, her appearance and gender identity have received mixed reception. So gender Birdo, identity. Birdo is a male who thinks he is a girl. Okay. I kind of love that. Oh my god. That means she is the well, she is the first transgender video game character in that case. Yeah. So she identifies as a woman because she is a woman, but she's also so, male. So this is from like a Nintendo magazine. Okay. When he was called Ostro. Uh-huh. He thinks he is a girl and he spits eggs from his mouth. Is like the description. Yeah. Um so yeah, Birdo's male. Um, he thinks anyway. he's a girl and would rather be called Birdetta. Yeah. <sighs> and uh, wow. Um, what? Type what? in Birdo male into Google Images. Birdo male. <laughs> and then scroll down a bit and you will see what is ostensibly someone dressed in a Birdo gimp costume. Wow. Oh my God. God, <laughs> there's so many pictures. <laughs> huh. <laughs> well, there you go, listener. Right, anyway, let's move on to Live By Night, shall we, before we get down whatever Jesus the fuck that rabbit Christ. hole is. Justice for Waluigi, justice for Birdo. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, <laughs> Jesus Christ, live, live by night. Ben Affleck, please oh, save me fuck. from this from this nightmare i think i don't think we've got into the best thing right uh live by night what's it about <laughs> fucking hell it's gangster squad but less camp there you go fucking it's gangster summarize squad, it for but you. less camp and more boring 100 percent more boring yeah so say. it's 
I mean, to be honest, I found it quite dull. So the plot has already left my head, but it's Ben Affleck, who is the son of an Irish police officer, but he's American and he's not a gangster, but then he becomes a gangster. And then, and then he, gang- he doesn't want to be a gangster. Yeah. But then he goes hard on being yeah. a gangster. Yeah. Um, it's like the Irish mob, the Italian mob, gangster here, women here, cars there. <laughs> the end. <laughs> it's two hours long. It's longer than two that, hours isn't it? too long. Just think it's two hours and six minutes. But <laughs> when I tell you, Emma, originally Ben Affleck wanted this film to be three hours. What for? Whomst? For, for himself? I don't know. Uh, originally, the original cut was closer to three hours and was intended to be a very character-heavy film. I mean, at least that would have there, been... This This film was a smorgasbord of films that we've watched before, right? So it was Gangster yeah. Squad, but less camp. Yeah. It was also Place Beyond the Pines, Between the Pines, whatever the fuck. Um, <laughs> Devil May Cry all the time. Um, in the sense that there's about five different plots that happen in the same film with yeah. the same character and you're like this must be the end now oh no wait he's just gonna yeah. go and sit and drink in a bar and be depressed a bit more then he's yeah. gonna kill someone then he's Accurate. gonna find out that his girlfriend's still alive and then that's not really gonna go anywhere and then very accurate he'll just be sad mm-hmm. so yeah he wanted it to be three hours but then warner brothers wouldn't let him so he had to rewrite it it's based it's one on of a them book where like if you'd if you hadn't seen the film or if you're like me and sometimes you read ahead the plot because you're bored sometimes i do that if i'm like this film sucks i'm gonna read ahead so i can try and follow it yeah it didn't help to read the plot on wikipedia because it's so discombobulated i was like this just isn't helping there's too much going on way too much so he like he's in boston <laughs> and ah, that's literally how ah. i passed the that's that's how I passed the time in this film. Is every time that his Boston accent came out, I would just oh, repeat him. We did that him. too. We did that too. Boston. Going, I'm driving in my car. Car. <laughs> car. Oh yeah. Also, yeah. it's set in like Prohibition era. Um, just to give yeah, you a flavour. Nineteen twenties. Yeah. So he starts work. He has an Irish girlfriend who's the Irish mob boss's gal. Hmm. Um, played by um. Sienna Miller. Yeah, and the mob boss is played by. That other guy. Philip Glenister's brother. Uh, Robert <laughs> um, Glenister. Robert Glenister. Yes. Um, as we all know of Hustle fame on BBC. Yeah. He was also in an episode of Doctor Who as um, Thomas Edison. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Thanks. In the latest latest series of Doctor Who. Trivia, love it. Big fan of his. Can never remember his name, but the second I saw him, I went, that's Philip Glenister's brother. <laughs> anyway, he has a, like, killed... So then he's depressed and he decides to get, take up with the Italian mob to get back at him. Yeah. He moves to Florida or something to run rum and alcohol and possibly drugs. Yeah. Gets involved with Zoe Saldana's family because they have all the molasses, mm-hmm. um, which apparently is a key part of making rum. Yeah. They're Cuban. Yeah. Uh, my name is Cuban Pete and I dance to the samba beat. Makes my heart go tick, ticky, boom, tick, ticky, boom, tick, ticky, boom. Anyway. Thank you so much. He obviously then naturally starts shagging Zoe. Mm-hmm. I mean, who all, could resist? That's all she's good for in these films. Yeah. Justice for Zoe Saldana. Never mind Birdo. And, and for the entire two hours I watched this with my mother, from the moment that Zoe Saldana appeared to the till she stopped appearing on screen, all my mother said was she's so skinny. 
skin and bone. No, she's not. I mean, she's thin, but she's not, like, revolting to look at. Um. Anyway, he starts doing that with her, and then nothing happens for about an hour. <laughs> and then... Way too uh, many N-words. Way too many. Oh, so many racial slurs. The, the not, Irish, not even just the N-words. The Irish like, folk are just mad for it in this. And also the the KKK play a big part um, oh, in yeah, terms they're of in the it. mobs. Yeah, they're all, the whole gang's here. Um, the KKK, the Irish mob, the Italian you mob, the Cubans. It. You name it, we got it. <laughs> um, and then the Irish mafia boss that he works for turns on him and pals up with the Irish mafia boss that he's trying to overthrow and kill. Um, yeah. but ah uh, Ben's just too good, so he gets the one gets one up on him, kills them, and then he sees that his Irish girlfriend is still alive. He's mm-hmm. married Zoe Saldana by this point, by the way. And then yeah. he goes and sees her at the end and she's like Ha ha to be sure, to be sure, I never loved you anyway, <laughs> you fucking idiot. She's a bitch, man. Fancy a shag? And he's like No. Fuck off. No. I'm from Boston. Fuck off, bitch. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, and he goes back to Zoe and then that's that's the film. In that final scene, why did they make Sienna Miller look like such a whore? They literally look like they've been shot with Homer's makeup gun. She had like blue eyeshadow, like smudged pink lipstick. She looked like a hooker. Because um, if I was going for the artistic reason, at the beginning of the film, she's really made up and perfect looking because in... In the eye of the beholder, who the main character of this film, Ben, mm. um, he mm. sees her in that perfect light and he can't see any faults in the way that she looks. But mm. when he sees her in the cold, hard light of day at the end of the film, mm. he sees her rough around the edges and for what she truly is. God, so true, bestie. So true. I mean, I'm really reaching there. I genuinely think you're probably right, but I just thought it was unnecessary to make her look like such a yeah. messy hooker. But anyway, <laughs> bad film. Um, I can't remember- tell you how glad I am I didn't go and see this at the cinema because I was going to because I thought, this looks cool. I remember this coming out or like yeah, the hype too. around this coming out. Mm-hmm. Like the the website that I used to get all my news, film news off of, which mm-hmm. I don't anymore because I found them to be less than reputable. I remember being, there loads of, being loads of articles about this, like Live By Night, Ben Affleck's Live By Night adds this cast member blah blah blah, blah. and then mm. it came out and i remember the second it came out it was like slated um because it took two years to make this film or something because it just kept so getting obnoxious. like cancelled and shit so, well he pushed yeah. he pushed it back to make gone girl as well because he wanted to work with david fincher um mm. but i mean if it's any consolation to us it sounds like old benny did not have a good time making this film what in what way well so I just read you my facts because yeah, they're all on. about how shit, how much of a shit time he had. Yeah, real um, enough. So this was the first. This is the first film directed by Ben Affleck that wasn't nominated for any Academy Awards. <sighs> that gotta hurt. Uh, it also holds the record for the biggest drop in theater count. So for its first two weeks um, of release, it played in two thousand eight hundred twenty-two theaters in the U.S. and Canada, mm-hmm. and on the third week. It played in only 163. <laughs> that is fucking abysmal. That is so bad. Oh my days. <laughs> um, after the film's financial and critical failure, Ben Affleck has since refused to discuss the film under any circumstances. It's also been speculated that the making of this film led to Affleck 
led Affleck to relapse his alcohol addiction and cause strains <laughs> between himself and Warner Brothers. <laughs> oh my God, that's awful. It's generally thought to have lost Warner Brothers around £75 million. Pounds. And just Bruh. a difficult film for Ben Affleck, all in all. They refused to let him make the movie three hours long, so he had to change his script. And he was also in the middle of divorcing Jennifer Garner at the time uh, and drinking heavily. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's speculated that he was either suffering with alcohol addiction while making this film or it caused him to relapse. Hmm. So good times, really. Bad experience all round for the audience, the production team, and for Benny Boy. Although, on the topic of Ben Affleck, he looks like he's having a great time recently. I don't know if you'll have seen it because you haven't been on social media. Good for you. It's a, it's a shithole. Um, but you will have missed Ben Affleck got back with his old flame, Jennifer Lopez, and they've been seen on a yacht and he's just holding her bottom oh. and looking well, very I'm glad existential th- i'm glad that he's happy now that he's mm. he's backed off my woman anna de Armas. Um, oh yeah 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 i forgot that they were um having a, a fling yeah yeah no he's back uh, with j-lo and they look very happy together well then so love that love that for them and he looks like he's very happy so we I love mean, that for good. Ben, especially because he is famous for having candids taken of him looking depressed and smoking and getting in and out burger delivered to his house. I, I will never get over <laughs> the video. My favourite video of him is in the Batman v Superman interview with him and Henry Cavill. <laughs> and someone asks about like the bad reviews <laughs> and Henry Cavill's replying animated and he's just sat there like staring into the distance, <laughs> a thousand yard stare. And then they've edited Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, and it just oh, zooms in on his face ben. in black and white. Honestly, my oh, favourite video of him. Bless his little cotton socks. Uh, well, don't, no, because he made this fucking shite film. Yeah, fuck you, Ben, you prick. <laughs> so boring. And I knew going in that it was going to be boring as well. I, I mean, you of... shouldn't you shouldn't believe the reviews. You shouldn't let that affect your opinion, but I just knew. Do you know what I mean? I was all in on it for about 20 minutes, and then I thought, no, this is going to be garbage. And I was right. My mum also said that um, she was like, he doesn't have the look for a gangster film. You know, like there's certain actors that... Yeah, um, he looks a bit soft, doesn't he? There's a certain actors that just don't fit period films. I think it's on TikTok, people are saying like, you look like you know what an iPhone is. <laughs> you, so you, true. You, you've sent an email before. Like there's just certain people that could not be in a, in a period drama. Yeah, Ben Affleck looks a little too soft and modern, like you said. Um mm. Yeah, interesting, huh? Whereas, like, Colin Firth, perfect for a period drama. Oh. I, I don't think he has actually sent an email ever. No, he still writes, he st- still sends his letters by carrier pigeon, doesn't he? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Should we give this a rating then? Yeah, it's a Zoe Saldana from me. Yeah, it's a Zoe Saldana from me as well. <laughs> nah, fam. And then finally, let's move on to. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I feel like I enjoyed your factoids and stuff so much last time, and I know this is one of your favourite Marvel films, that I'm going to let you tell the good folk what this is about. Although, if you haven't seen it, what the fuck, quite frankly. Um, I mean, I lo- so straight off the bat, I like this one less than the first one. I see... That's crazy to me because I love this one and the first one doesn't rock my boat. Really? Yeah. I see. Yeah, th- this one is Mad, still it? great. Soundtrack's great. 
um, as well. Um, mm. And I think it's got the best Guidance of the Galaxy soundtrack song on it. Um, Brandy, is... you're a fine girl. Um, yeah, I can feel. I li- smooth listening. That's smooth listening. But smooth I haven't. I also listening. haven't. I haven't listened to the soundtrack to this as extensively as the first one. Um, I could tell you probably like actually having said that I can't, but I could. I'd be pretty confident in telling you, estimating the track order of the first one. That's how much I've listened to it. Wow. But yeah, I do enjoy this one. Mm. But there's, I think what I don't like is the characters are split. Right, so they're not in like their usual gang. They all have yeah. to go off and well, do their I, own thing. I do, I do like seeing unusual pairings and seeing mm. how those relationships develop. Mm. But I, it's a similar problem that I had with like the new Star Wars films. Mm. Like in the in the second and the third one, one of they come back together in the third one, but in the second one they all split off and you've not really had time to see the their like relationship grow um, yeah do you know what i mean because this this is only set like three months after the first guardians of the galaxy yeah which, no, which will be really interesting when guardians 3 comes out because so guardians 1 came out in what 2013 mm. this is set three months after but it came out like three four years later mm. so this is set like similar time I don't know what similar time to ish to MCU wise. Yeah. But then Infinity War happened. Yeah. Um, okay. And in, fair. in so in Infinity War that's set 4 years after the events of Guardians 2. So there's 4 years of stuff that we don't know about between Ooh. That would be um, interesting then. then. There. But then Guardians 3 is going to be set after Endgame. So obviously like spoilers Gamora's dead and all this shit. I'm so um, sad about that. So but so then that'll be like because what five years has passed? I mean, they won't have aged, but um, it'll be in, set in like twenty twenty five. So the MCU kind of has foot with the um, timeline of Guardians. But um, what am I saying bit. anyway? Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this film. Yeah, I, I enjoy it a little bit less than the first one. I think the first one is just fun times. Yeah, this right. is deeply stressful, to be fair. Like, I find this stressful, but I love it. And I think one of the reasons I love this one so much is Yondu is, like, one of my favourite characters. I just think mm. he's just great. And I don't know if that's because I have a real soft spot for the actor. Is it Michael Rooker? Yeah. Because he's in, like, Walking Dead, and I really like him. But I just find his relationship with Quill just... I just really like it. I just like so that, that whole relationship that is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting dynamic that I really enjoy. And, I, think, um, I think probably the character stuff they do is yeah. better in this film. Yeah. It's just not the romping fun time that yeah, I find the first I, one to be. Yeah, I think the first one was, like you said, more of a fun time and a bit less probably serious, whereas this feels very much like mm. a Marvel film where it's like yeah, high yeah. stakes again. Um, but it's still, I, I love it. I think it's I think great. there's a there's a video I say by Lindsay Ellis called like the complex feels of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I think mm. that's probably why it's a bit more of a a thinker. It is, um, yeah. And it's not, not necessarily, I didn't enjoy it. The first one I first watched it, I was like, oh, I really didn't enjoy that. But the more I've watched it, I've come to enjoy it more. And I think it's because mm. oh, it wasn't the Guardians of the Galaxy film continuation that i was expecting which i don't think this is necessarily a bad thing yeah but i'd always watch the first one over this one interesting but then there are i don't know it's i'm i don't know if you can tell but i'm back and forth on it 
Yeah, I like. I think I just like all of the. Because I keep thinking of bits that know. I really like. Yeah, but... like the, I like the whole like sort of celestial um, side of things and finding out about Quill's ancestry and like yeah. godlike tendencies and I don't know. I just think it's really cool. I really like it and I love Rocket. More Rocket, the better. Um, mm. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah, as with the first one, I've got loads of trivia. And loads of this I didn't know again. Like I feel like the first one I'd, I'd done loads of reading on at the time when it came out, but not yeah. so much for this one. Oh yeah. Um, so do you want me to read out all my <laughs> all my trivia that I've got? Yes, for please. You? I would love to know. So um, Dave Batista's Drax makeup took ninety minutes to apply daily. Oh, that's a long time. But that's down from three hours for the first film. Efficient. And he would have to sit in a sauna at the end of the day in order to get it all off. Oh, God, I bet his paws were so unclogged. Yeah. When writing the script, James Gunn proposed the idea of Ego the Living Planet being Star-Lord's father. Marvel told him that they did not have the rights to the character because they belonged to 20th Century Fox because of his ties to the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer franchises. No. Uh, but because since he had no other characters in mind for his to play Star-Lord's father, because I think there's also there's Easter eggs in the first film that say, like, the hint that his father is um, Ego. Hmm. Which I think he put in there without first confirming that he could have him as his father. Oh, shit. Whoops. But since he had no other characters in mind, he asked Fox if they could use the character. Mm. And they said, yeah, you can, as long as we get the rights to Negasonic Teenage Warhead and can use him in Deadpool. Yeah. So they did, like, a trade of characters. Which is quite cool. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, that that is cool. I like. I would like to be in on that board meeting where that happens. Yeah, (laughs) awesome. And then James Gunn choreographed and served as motion capture model for Groot's dance during the opening credits. Oh, I think I heard that actually. Which is a great opening credit sequence, and also spawned like spawned like a meme of editing opening sequences or sequences from other films to um, Mr. What's Mr. Blue Sky. Mr. Blue Sky. Yellow. So I, I was, I was, yeah, I was struggling there. I was like, is it Mr. Sunshine? And Mr. then I was thinking Blue of Here Sky. Comes Here Comes the Sunshine, Here Comes the Sun by um the Beatles. That's a mashup I could listen to. But yeah, he he was the model for that, and it took the oh, visual sweet. effects team nearly two years to complete the CG for that scene. CG Jesus takes Christ. a long fucking time. Damn. Yeah, that must be where like half the freaking budget comes from for these films. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And that's why um. The end fight scene in Black Panther looks like PS2 graphics because that was like added in at the last second, so they didn't have time to render it. So dumb. According to Pris Pris Pratt, oh my god, <laughs> Chris Pratt, shooting this movie helped him come to terms with his father's death. Although uh-huh. he had passed away while he was filming Jurassic World in 2014, he didn't really get the chance to deal with the death at the time because he was busy filming and wanted to keep the rest of the cast's spirits up. And then James Gunn has described this film as a story about fathers. So he was able to open up old wounds that had been healing for some time and acknowledge the fact that there are some wounds that cannot ever be completely healed, such as the death of a parent. Well, that's sad as fuck. Yeah. Wow. That'll make know. me like Chris Pratt. Be careful. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't know that one. Aww. That, was, that was interesting. Um, that's very sweet. I didn't know this either. Baby Groot is actually the offspring of Groot, not the same character. As confirmed by James Gunn on Twitter, where he posted, First Groot is dead, 
baby Groot is his son. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that checks so not, out. It's not the same character. Like a little sapling. I've got lots of James Gunn facts here. So he's revealed that he and producer Kevin Feige wanted David Bowie to appear in a cameo before his death on January 10th, 2016. And I've put Aww. that one in because, um, you know, it would be cool to have David Bowie in these films because uh, his track Moon Age Daydream is in the soundtrack to the first film. But I wonder also, who he'd have means, been in the film. It also means that I can roll out my David Bowie impression. Oh, no, hey, see ya. I'm a space dude, man. <laughs> I'm in the Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Do you think he would have done it? I think he would. Oh, 100%. Hunty P. He'd have been well up for that. He'd have been mad for it. Oh, my days. This isn't... I got, haven't got this written down here, but um, I reckon he could have been... Uh, Why well, they say cameo? So I was going to say mm. he could have been an ego because Matthew McConaughey... All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. He was offered the part of ego, but he turned it down to be mm. in the Dark Tower. How'd that work out for you, Matthew? Yeah, exactly. That fucking multi-billion deal. Um, and then this is a bit deep. Oh God, deeper than dealing with the loss of a parent. The idea of a self-contained mind spontaneously appearing into existence similar to Ego the Living Planet in this movie is called Boltzmann Brains. The argument suggests that in a universe that exists forever, one is more likely to be a Boltzmann brain hallucinating reality than a real being. Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ, man. Bolt, do you say Boltzmann brain? Boltzmann. So that's spelled B-O-L-T-Z-M-A-N-N. I want to read about that later. That sounds really cool. I'm so interested. That's basically like the whole, almost like the whole, um, we're living in a simulation thing, right? The Boltzmann brain argument suggests that it is more likely for a single brain to spontaneously and briefly form and avoid, complete with false memory of having existed in our universe than it is for the universe to have come about as the result of a fluctuation in a universe in thermal equilibrium. What? That's some deep <laughs> shit, dude. I am going to be reading fucking... about that tonight. Yeah. Holy shit. But yeah, it's like... If if there's a society that has the technology to run a simulation as advanced as the world we're living in, then you'd have to assume that they're running multiple simulations, if not thousands. And if they're doing that, then therefore you have to assume that the likelihood that we are we are in the one reality that's not the simulation is so small that we are mo more than likely in the simulation. I can believe it. The amount of shit that happens in this world we live in daily that makes me think we're in a simulation. I, I can believe it. I really can. I, I I brought this up at work and no one was on board with it. No, but, I'm uh, here for it, man. I've been dealing with a lot of shit at work, podcast listeners. Um, yeah. I had, had a woman banging on all day about a medium she went to see and it wasn't sounding good. And then the very same woman the next day told me that we didn't land on the moon. <laughs> And I might have, I might have lost my shit. Yeah, um, I mean, we are moon landing believers here because you know we live in reality, or do we? Well, if if we're in, if we're living in the simulation, then um, we definitely didn't land on the moon because the moon's not real. Um, Fuck. <laughs> and then to dig us out of this hole. In September 2015, director James Gunn said in a Facebook post that he wanted to use the Sneepers 
an alien race that first appeared in Marvel Comics in 1964 as background characters in this film. He was advised against it by Marvel's legal department because the name was too similar to Sneeper, an Icelandic word for clitoris. Oh, come on. Nevertheless, the Marvel legal department later cleared the use of Sneepers in this film, in part because of the extensive media coverage Gunn's initial post received. The uh, song Guardians Inferno, which is played over the credits of the film, is credited to the Sneepers featuring David Hasselhoff. And if, have you watched the music video to it? No. Honestly, banger of a song, amazing music video. It's like a cheesy, cheesy 80s music video, but with like everyone in their full Guardians outfits and David Hasselhoff sings the song. Tell you what, he fucking loves, right? He loves to do a fucking comedy parody, but actually a really good song. Because Yeah, that's the skill Have you ever watched... Um, there's a film called Kung Fury. Oh, Kung Fury! You've just brought so many memories back. Is that the one with Hackerman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He did He did the theme tune to that as well. Yeah, I and remember it. And that's an absolute it. fucking tune. And I tell you, this is a this is a deep cut from my life. So, <laughs> it, the, it go, I mean, I'll play it here. Insert clip here. Girl, we need to, girl, we need to action. If we're gonna make it like a true survivor, we need some action. Survivor slapped. I I'd completely forgotten about that. Thank you for re- reminding me. Well, anyway, about that. Uh, I'll send you a link to this, Emma, because I have got the link still, I believe. But when I was at uni and this film came out, me and my flatmate, also named Tom, I'm sure. Have I told the story of, that we both worked in a bar called Tom's Bar on um, the podcast before? Potentially, yeah. Tom and Tom working at Tom's Bar. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, couldn't write it. We um we decided that it was like the bit in Footloose where Kevin Bacon it's like the music that plays over Footloose when he's doing his like angry dance in the yeah, car. Yeah, nice. So nice. we we edited the that song over <laughs> over Footloose because um, of course we did. I want to um, see that. I really want to see and it. it. I'll tell you what, it fucking slaps. It fucking slaps. Yes. Anyway, boys. Guardians Inferno also a great song. Um, mm. I might insert that somewhere at random in this podcast. Yeah, just halfway through a sentence. He might have already done it um, before we've said this, and then you'll be like, oh, that's why that song played earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, that's all my facts. That that was a good set of facts. It's a great film. It's really good. I have a Guardians 2 poster right next to me framed because it's one of my favourites from the MCU. So, yeah. Oh, there we go. Should we give it a rating? Yes. It's a Zoe Seldon. Yeah, from me. Yes, I completely agree. Um, okay, and then that takes us on then to the official Zoe Saldana ranking. Oh my God. I'll give you the top five. Yes, please. How are you wanting the top five this week? Boston. <laughs> For fuck's sake. <laughs> okay, the hardest American accent to do. Yes, do it. Um, do it now. In a number five, just gonna go New York. I That's can tell fine. you now already. Give it your best shot. Five. It's Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> <laughs> number four is Star Trek. St- 
dad's way. In a number three. I don't know why I've got this speech impediment. <laughs> it's the words. <laughs> in number two, it's Star Trek Beyond. And in a number one, it's Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Oh my god. It gets better every time. Why are we where why why are we here? What are we where are we gonna put I should say I kill giants? I think that deserves to be above Star Trek. Yeah, I'd put it I I'd be happy to put it in at number two. Yeah. Stick it in at number two. Stick it in at poo, number two. <laughs> All the twos, it's two. <laughs> <laughs> and where are we going to put Live by Shite? Oh my god, that's what we couldn't have called it! Oh, we're so stupid! Uh, Live by Shite can go above Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> I can't even see that on the list. Number oh, 20. Live by Shite. <laughs> I think I got so roasted for making so many shit puns that I just stopped. So yeah. then we missed the most obvious one. And then where are we going to put Guardian to the Galaxy 2? What do you think? I maintain that it's not as good as the first Guardians. I think that it's mm, not as good as Star Trek Beyond. You think it's below Star Trek Beyond? Yeah. Okay, I'm happy with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, girl! <laughs> um, so that's that's that. Awesome. And that takes us on to Thank you. No worries. So, Tom. <laughs> Emma. Let me just explain to the listeners what the fuck is going on. What the fuck is going on? We have a segment called Zoe or Monroe in which I give Tom three quotes by either Zoe Saldana or Marilyn Monroe, hence the name Zoe Monroe. However, however, I am starting to scrape the bottom of the barrel for Marilyn Monroe quotes. Um, So this week's segment is actually going to be called Zoe or Trudeau. Wow, Justin Trudeau, presumably. Yeah. Yeah. Justin Trudeau, I presume. Purely because it fucking rhymes, but there you go. There Um, you go. There you go. Zoe or Trudeau, there you go. Uh-huh. So are you ready, Tom, for your first quote? Are you ready, kids? I'm ready. Is it Zoe Saldana or the Canadian Prime Minister <laughs> Justin Trudeau? Are you ready? <laughs> what has this become? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> quote number one. Living your life in the public eye is a greater burden than most people imagine. See, it's hard now because they're at the same, same era. Yeah, um, that's right. Justin Trudeau. It's Justin Trudeau. Well done. You got the syntax already. Quote number two. At some point, people are going to realise that maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I feel like that's a dangerous thing for a prime minister to say, surely. Although, look at our prime minister. Um, <laughs> bit of politics there, but bit of political commentary for the pod. <laughs> Ooh, um, what are we fucking... Have I got news for you? <laughs> Sardana. It was Justin Trudeau. Fuck's I know. Sick. Crazy, right? All right. For the win, your third quote 
I love anxiety, the pressure of a loud room full of yapping kids, but I'm a kid myself. Zoe Saldana. It was Zoe Saldana. Oh, you did it. You won. I think, I think I've officially won now, haven't I? I think you have, yeah. You've, you've yeah, boy. passed the point of no return. Trudeau, you let me down, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, pussy. pussy. <laughs> yeah, pussy <-o. laughs> Pussy <-o>. Um... <laughs> Okay, wow. Oh, um, God. That that takes us to the end, then. Um, yeah. I will tell you now, shall I, what we're going to watch next week. Yes, please, Tom. I'm looking, looking at it. What a, what a collection. Oh, God, I'm scared. So we've got Avengers Infinity War. Woo! Love it, love it. The Legend it. of the Red Hand. I believe that's like a short film, short okay. little summit. Mm. Missing Link. Mm-hmm. And My Little Pony. Oh, <laughs> oh Christ, no. <laughs> no. I'd forgotten that this was coming. <laughs> My Little Pony? Yeah, Friendship is Magic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. Right, well, thanks I've got for a that. sneaking suspicion that you're going to fucking love it. Do you know not, what? I've not seen the film, but I just got a feeling that it's up your street. I probably will because I love like Barbie life in the dream house. I think it's great. So, well, there we go then. Yeah, we we'll look forward wow. to it. Great. <laughs> if you've enjoyed this podcast, then uh, please give us a rating, give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your loved ones, tell anyone that's not on that list. And if you want to contact us, let us know what you think. What's is Guardians of the Galaxy 2 better than Guardians of the Galaxy 1? Yeah. Um, then you can contact us. How can they do that, Emma? You could send us a tweet at on a roll pod. You could Instagram us at on a roll pod. You could send us an email on a roll pod at gmail.com. You could go to our website on a roll pod.com and send us something nice. Um, some opinions, some nice compliments, some money, whatever. Whatever you want. Whatever you want yeah. to send us. So, yeah. So, yeah. Awesome. We'll see you next week, motherfuckers. See you next week for some My Little Pony, My Little Pony. My Little Pony, skinny and bony. <laughs> That's what I used to sing when I was a kid. When I, yeah, when I was boy. a boy. When back I in the day. was a young warthog. Um, <laughs> for fuck's sake. <laughs> no, we're going to go off on time. Right. See you next week. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> In these times of hardship, just remember, we are Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. 